Hi, I'm Charles Gauthier, President and CEO of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. The DVBA is so proud to support this daily podcast series that is helping our community navigate through these trying times. As we all settle into what we hope is a temporary new normal, please consider helping support our local businesses. Whether it's by getting takeout from your favorite restaurant or giving a local shop a great review, it all adds up. Thanks everyone and stay safe. I'm Tyler Orton. Here are some business headlines ahead of today's interviews. The federal government's revised 75% wage subsidy program has now been pegged at $71 billion. Finance Minister Bill Morneau, he also revealed additional eligibility requirements for the program aimed at companies experiencing revenue loss of 30% or more. And the BC government has unveiled a new COVID-19 supply hub meant to better manage medical supplies amid the pandemic. The online platform was built in just seven days for $100,000 in partnership with both private enterprises and health authorities. That's it for today. Let's get on with our interview. Hello, welcome to Business in Vancouver. With me is one of our regular guests from the audio podcast you might be familiar with. It is Craig Patterson. He's editor-in-chief of RetailInsider.com. He's also the host of Retail Insiders podcast. Craig, I want to thank you for joining us now on a video conference. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, Craig, I think we need to examine the retail landscape here with regards to what's going to happen in Canada I wonder if there's a big shift that is just inevitable. Maybe it's even been accelerated by what's going on with the COVID pandemic. But tell me a little bit. I, I guess you're on a kind of a, a task force of sorts that's trying to address what's going on. Can you give me some details on this? Yes. Um, what we're looking at right now is, you know, first of all, trying to figure out what's happening. I mean, that's easier to deduce, uh, uh, you know, what could happen and then what solutions are going to be there uh, in terms of being able to get things back on track for um you know, businesses in general, be it retail as well as uh, restaurants, uh, you know, fitness concepts, uh, uh, you know, almost every business at this point is going to be struggling, except I suppose for grocery and drug stores. Well, you're uh, Toronto based, but is this kind of a, a pan national sort of initiative or, or uh, tell me a little bit about uh, who's involved as well? It sure is. Locally, David Ian Gray from Vancouver is uh, certainly part of the Spearhead group here. Uh, we've got a few from Toronto and one in Montreal. So I guess we've kind of at least hit the three big cities, Carl Boutet's in Montreal. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And so I also just want to think about things like we know in Vancouver, uh, one of the big things to drop in terms of kind of the, the retail landscape and vulnerabilities that are being exposed, we had uh, Steve Nash Fitness World. They announced that they were terminating all of its employees and closing indefinitely. They're not even trying to pivot towards, say, virtual fitness routines, which I've heard from other fitness companies. So that you can make whatever inferences that you want about what their their uh, capital situation is right now. But are, are we just going to be hearing more and more of these stories just uh, come out as we go along through this pandemic? I think so. Um, with Steve Nash, I mean, I was reading something where some employees had said, oh, they, you know, were 
doing fine, had 100,000 members. But um, I had done a walk with a brokerage in November when I was in Vancouver, and they were saying that their time was very, very limited. So I, I don't think that uh, this is something that's brand new. I think that maybe the company was already struggling, and uh, you know that you know led to this announcement. I mean, it is kind of a shocking time for that announcement to come i think that part of it might be that you know there is so much news about places closing that this might have been an opportune time to say well you know we're, we're going to do it permanently maybe no one will know but of course everybody noticed you know because it got out into the news and and this is you know quite shocking so you know fitness concepts you know sometimes operate on relatively low margins and if they've expanded too quickly or, the, or their expenses or sorry their expenses are too much uh you know this this can lead to challenges uh, you know orange theory you know uh, one of uh, one of my employees works at uh, sorry works out at an orange theory and uh, they've moved things virtual like you said that's almost like the peloton model where you do it from home and uh, you know you're kind of taking classes and uh, i'm surprised you know that steve nash didn't try something like that but it probably signals you know like i kind of heard through the grapevine there that already the company was struggling unfortunately so uh, it's really too bad because a lot of people are going to be out of work. Uh, you've got a lot of retail, you know, real estate, I should say, that's going to be vacated. And uh, and this is uh, scary stuff. I, I do know that a couple of them already slated for other uh, tenants, though. Uh, like, this is how quickly they're working on this, uh, you know, last week's announcement versus now. So it's uh, it's not all bad news from a real estate side. But this is really bad news, to say, for the employees because we're already seeing, you know, you know catastrophic you know, job losses, and most of them are temporary right now, but we don't know how long the situation is going to go on for in terms of people actually getting back out and doing stuff, going to restaurants, going to stores, going to gyms, et cetera. And it's really exposing some of those vulnerable sides of retail. I, I wonder, though, uh, who is kind of best fit to weather the storm at, at this point? Are, are there particular subsectors within retail, or is it just going to depend business to business and what their economic model, their business model is going to allow. Well, the retailers that certainly are going to survive this in the short term are obviously the ones that are deemed essential and are currently open, right? So, you know, it's the grocery stores, the, uh, you know, pharmacies, uh, you know, various ancillary businesses that uh, governments, depending what province you're in, we will talk about BC, you know, have deemed that can stay open. Uh, you know, secondly, the retailers that are going to be able to survive this a bit longer term are those that have cash reserves and are able to perhaps innovate. Uh, maybe they have uh, a strong e-commerce uh, offering already. I'm just thinking, I think Harry Rosen's e-commerce sales were about 30% of uh, their overall sales, which is huge considering, you know, compared to the rest of uh, the industry, you know, e-commerce is less than 10% in Canada typically right now. So, you know, retailers that are, you know, stronger financially, as well as those that are able to sort of pivot, innovate, and, you know, say, say do online sales are going to survive. Um, those that don't have those cash reserves uh, or are incurring tremendous costs, uh, say having to pay employees, uh, continuing to pay rent or even a deferral, which could still sink them in the long run. This is a huge issue. Uh, property taxes, which, you know, to some degree have, uh, you know, been alleviated by certain municipalities. Uh, nevertheless, you know, say a restaurant that already was struggling or, you know, had low margins, uh, uh, doesn't have the cash reserves, they could go down quite quickly. And we're talking one to two months. So, uh, I'm not sure if government support is going to be enough for some of these businesses. And, you know, I'm usually very optimistic, as you know, when, when, we, when we talk. And I'm really worried that we're going to see a substantial number of businesses, small businesses, and even some large ones go bankrupt in the next three to four months. And I think that 
uh, things are going to change substantially. Uh, I think that we're going to uh, see a lot of vacancies. Uh, we're going to see a lot of job losses, a lot of entrepreneurs that have gone out of business. Um, it is, it's a scary time right now. Uh, I, I didn't anticipate this happening. Uh, I knew that we were going to be seeing, uh, uh, you know, a shift. Uh, I think that was part of the question, you know, a, a shift in retail, uh, uh, we knew that things were changing already. Uh, this is already a very challenging time on one hand. More than a thousand stores were set to close in Canada permanently uh, before the end of March uh, from January 1st. And uh, we were already seeing the consumer shifting. So, I mean, this really couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, you know, retail was already struggling. We were already worried about these these bankruptcies coming to play. And this is just going to accelerate that. So I think we're going to see a rebirth in, in retail and other businesses. But in the short term, um, you know, this is going to be our generation's Great Depression. Well, I wonder with regards to that rebirth. I mean, I think the obvious thing is we could point to e-commerce as it's going to accelerate whatever trends that we are experiencing at this point. But for those brick and mortar shops, I, I agree with you. I see many, many closures happening. Do you think that there's going to be, I don't know, a, a next wave of entrepreneurs that are going to look at opportunities that are going to come out of this? It, it's really hard to you know, grab a crystal ball at this point. But what are your thoughts on this rebirth? I think there will be, um, you know, again, consumer confidence is going to be shaken. Uh, the way that the consumer interacts with businesses, I think, is going to change. But we do have some really smart entrepreneurs out there. And I know people right now that are looking to identify opportunities and be able to run with it. Uh, you know, in the very short term, we've got people you know, making hand sanitizer and surgical masks and other things. But, uh, you know, we've got one company, uh, you know, in Vancouver as making, you know, they've pivoted from store fixtures to plexiglass uh, um, facades, you know, for uh, between cashiers and consumers in the stores, which is great, you know, try to pre prevent as many people getting sick as possible. But, uh, no, I, I do think that we are going to see, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, uh, you know, looking to make the best of the situation and, and maybe reinvent their businesses or start new ones. Uh, certainly, I think this is going to be something that's going to happen, but not all of them are going to be able to do it. I mean, you know, some, uh, you know, leaders uh, in business have sort of become set in their ways. They may have been familiar with, uh, you know, certain concepts uh, uh, say some retailers have, you know, had concepts for years that uh, they really may not have a vision to be able to change. And that was an issue before all of this happened. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, companies weren't adapting to the consumer consumer that was changing. And I think that uh, with this incredible acceleration that we're seeing here, uh, there's going to be some that are going to be able to survive uh, by, you know, shifting gears, coming up with new ideas. And uh, those that don't, uh, you know, will fail. Well, one of the things that we've been talking about the last few years is this push for malls, big box stores, for example, creating like experiences within. But I wonder, though, about the psychology of consumers. Are people going to want to go to malls, go to these stores? Is there going to be some pushback because of lingering fears over you know, what this social distancing has done and, and our fears over catching this virus? I think so. I mean, I thought that the solution would be highly experiential stores. I think I've said that quite a bit. Uh, you know, you go in, maybe there's less product, but there's more experience. There would be a reason to go back. Perhaps there's a guest speaker or an event or uh, something interesting. But the question is, are we going to want to be in that close physical proximity to have that experience? Um, this has really thrown a monkey wrench into a lot of you know, my general strategy and thought around this. 
uh, I don't know. I mean, are we going to be having more virtual experiences? Uh, perhaps virtual reality is going to, you know, finally become commonplace. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting time. Um, another concern, you know, again, with the group that I'm, I'm working with, you know, uh, we just were on a converse, uh, conversation. Um, is what happens if there's a second wave? I mean, we may be able to contain COVID-19, you know, in the short term in Canada. Uh, I don't know how long we're gonna have to keep our borders closed for, you know, if the United States looks to, you know, open the doors for business, there's probably going to be more, uh, you know, cases of COVID-19 there. So if our borders are shut down for an extended period of time, that's going to hit the tourism industry, which is gonna hit Vancouver very, very hard. Uh, it's gonna hit those stores on Alberni Street, you know, the, the expensive luxury stores, and it's going to, uh, you know, hit Gastown really hard, uh, the Pan Pacific Hotel, anything you can think of that, you know, is very much tourist reliant, which is really all hotels, if you think about it, but I'm just thinking the ones that are closest to the cruise ship terminals. Uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the, this is going to be, uh, I think, a really, really challenging time. You know, with, with tourism, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I'm almost flustered. That's how, uh, how you know, dynamic and complicated this uh, situation is right now. And, and almost anything could happen. I mean, all we need now is an earthquake and a volcano just to round it out. Well, I hope you didn't jinx us at this point. Uh, we'll leave it there. But, uh, Craig, I, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. <laughs> thank you for having me. That's Craig Patterson, RetailInsider.com's editor-in-chief. And thank you for listening to the BIV show today.